0: of the year, I want to share with you my favorite Bible verses. You might call these two verses my life verses. In fact, some dear friends of mine gave me as a gift this verse in a frame and it hangs on the wall of my study. And the verses I'm referring to are found in the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And the reason that I want to share my life verses with you today is because I believe they are verses that are worthy of our consideration on the first day of the year. Instead of you sitting around trying to think up some resolutions, I want you to consider from the Word of God some goals That might guide you as you step into 2023. Specifically, four goals. So look there with me in Hebrews chapter 12. Now just to remind you, next week we will be in the book of Ephesians. To finish our study there, we will be uh, getting a study uh, on spiritual warfare next week from the book of Ephesians. I hope you'll uh, be a part of that. But in Hebrews... Chapter 12, verse 1, I want to share God's Word with you. If you are physically able, would you please stand with me in honor of the reading of God's Word. Hebrews, chapter 12, verse 1. The Bible says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him, endured the cross, despising the shame, And is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Wow, there's a lot in those two verses. Let's ask God's blessing on our time together. Let's pray. Father in heaven, it is ministered to my soul this morning to sing of your faithfulness, to, to proclaim that you are my Father and you are my friend. To be reminded of the truth that you do not change. And the God who carried us through 2022 will be the God who provides for our needs in 2023. I'm so grateful for those realities. Now I pray, Lord, that as we look into your word, you would, by the Holy Spirit's power, help us to... To lift some spiritual goals from this text that might guide our thinking, our living in this new year. Use this time, Lord, to transform our lives for the glory and the fame of your great name. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And all God's people said, thank you. You can. Be seated. Now notice that this chapter begins with the word, therefore. And I've taught you whenever you see the word, therefore, you ask the question, what's the therefore, therefore? When you see that word, it's referring back to something previously said. And so we look back at the chapter before chapter 12, and we find that this is a famous chapter. Chapter 11 is called the Hebrews Hall of Faith. And we read about the great faith of people like Abraham and Rahab and Noah and others. And this chapter 11 reminds us of the great faith of these people of God. Therefore, the writer of Hebrews says, we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. In other words... Their lives are a testimony of what it looks like to live faithfully for the Lord. We have their example. To motivate us. We have their example to inspire us. I believe the therefore refers back to all of these heroes of faith in chapter 11. And I think by extension it also refers to those who we know in our lives that have gone before us. That have lived faithfully for Jesus. Their their example inspires us. We are encompassed about. We are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses that, that help us to keep on keeping on in the Christian life. And as he calls us to consider these these heroes of the faith, he outlines what it looks like to live the Christian life. Or what ought to be our priorities in living the Christian life. Or what some goals ought to be as we continue our journey with Jesus. So keeping that in mind, I want us to consider... Four goals for a new year. Four goals for a new year. May this year be, number one, a year of rightly ordered priorities. May this year be a year of rightly ordered priorities. Have you discovered yet that the quality of our spiritual lives has everything to do with the priorities of our lives. And that's the point the writer of Hebrews makes there in verse 1. When he says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. Now, he uses in verse 2, Uh, I'm sorry, verse 1, the picture of a race for the Christian life. He uses a race as a metaphor for our Christian lives. And he says there, if you're going to to run the race, you need to lay aside every weight, everything that encumbers you from moving forward. I mean, when you watch the Olympics, when you watch the, the track and field, for example... They don't come to the starting line wearing trench coats, do they? They they wear very thin, light garments so they can move forward with, with speed and power. And if we're going to move forward in our Christian lives, we must make sure that there's nothing that's weighing us down that's keeping us from moving forward. And so I believe in encumbrance can be a good thing, listen, that is more ultimate in our lives than Jesus. An encumbrance can be a wrongly ordered priority. It can be things that we have on our list that are above Jesus. You understand, don't you, that Jesus is Lord and he ought to be number one on our priority list. Amen? Number one but we get so busy and frenzied with life and with living that if we're not careful, we will put other things on our list that are more important to us than Jesus. And we, we say in our hearts, well, when I deal with these other things and get these other things settled and these other things straight, then I'll get serious about Jesus, but it never happens, does it? We've got to lay aside encumbrances, weights, wrong priorities that are are keeping us from moving forward in our Christian lives. So I ask the question, is there anything in your life, anything, good, bad, anything, that is more important to you than Jesus if there is, that thing is a weight that will keep you from moving forward in your Christian life. I came across this list years ago, and I, I believe I've shared this with you before in years past, but it's good, too good not to share again. It's a great uh, list of questions to think through uh, as you begin a new year. And, and really, these questions, really they really deal with our priorities And they come from a professor at Southern Seminary named Donald Whitney. And there are ten questions to to think through as you begin a new year. Let me just, I'll give these to you quickly. You don't have to write them down. We'll post these on our Facebook page. You can look at them later. But just, just quickly, just ten kind of priority questions. Question number one, what's one thing you could do this year to increase your enjoyment of God? One thing you could do. What's the most humanly impossible thing you will ask God to do this year? Good question. What's the single most important thing you could do to improve the quality of family life this year? In which spiritual discipline do you most want to make progress this year? And what will you do about it? So you say, I, wanna, I want to uh, I be more fervent in prayer. What are you going to do about it? I want to engage the scriptures at a deeper level. What are you going to do about it? What is the single biggest time waster in your life? And what will you do about it this year? What is the most helpful new way you could strengthen your church? Number seven, for whose salvation will you pray most frequently for this year? Number eight, what's the most important way you will, by God's grace, try to make this year different from last year? Number nine, what's one thing you could do to improve your prayer life this year? Number ten, and last, what single thing that you plan to do this year will matter the most in ten years? And then he adds, what single thing that you plan to do this year will matter the most in eternity? And those are just helpful questions to, to think through because we want to think through our priorities. Are, are our priorities eternal? Are our priorities Christ-centered? Are our, our priorities all about the kingdom? So we look back at Hebrews chapter 12. And I think the first worthy goal for us is that we would have rightly ...ordered priorities in this new year. Number two. May this year be a year of holiness. Holiness. Look what the Bible says back in Hebrews 12 verse 1. Let us lay aside every weight, every encumbrance... ...everything that slows you down, that keeps you from moving forward in your Christian life. And then it says, and... Sin which clings so closely. Some translations say sin which easily entangles. Again, back to the track and field metaphor. When you see runners come to the line, they're not wearing trench coats. They're dressed in light clothing. And their shoelaces aren't tied together, are they? Because if their shoelaces were tied together, they'd get tangled up. They'd fall. They would not be able to move forward and run the race. And that's a picture of what sin does to us. When we have sin in our life, that is unconfessed, we don't deal with it, we let it fester, we let it grow, we let it spread, we let it infiltrate every area and avenue of our hearts and our minds. When there is sin in our life that we have not dealt with, it keeps us from moving forward in the Christian life. And sin, very simply put, is disobedience. It's doing something that God tells you not to do, or it's not doing something that God tells you to do. And the writer of Hebrews says, if, if you want to run the Christian race well, you've got to deal with sin. So Pastor Wade, kind of making a big deal about you know, this holiness thing. Can I remind you what it says over in the book of 1 Peter? The book of 1 Peter, the Lord says, be holy for I am holy. Holiness is an ever-growing Christ-likeness. It's it's a a, a transformation from who you used to be to who God wants to make you. That's what holiness is. So if we're serious about making much of Jesus abiding in Christ, advancing the gospel in in 2023, then we've got to deal with any areas of sin in our lives. Sin can can be something that comes from our lips. Sin can be something that's going on in our mind. Sin can be... The actions of our lives. Sin can be an attitude that we carry. Sin can be something that we view. That we ought not to view. And My question is. Are you serious about pursuing holiness in 2023? Do you really want to be more like Jesus. If you do, you've got to deal with that sin. Confess it before the Lord. Confess it before brothers and sisters in Christ. And not only just confess it, but ask God to to transform you and change the trajectory of your life. In 1904 and 1905, there was a great revival in the nation of Wales. And one of the catalysts for that revival was a young man of 26 years old named Evan Roberts. And Evan Roberts was in school, but he left his school to go to his hometown to preach a sermon. His heart was on fire for the Lord, and he came to his hometown to preach. 17 people showed up. What can God do with 17 people, right? And Evan Roberts preached a four-point sermon let me give you the the points just very quickly point number 1 confess any known sin to god and put away any wrong done to others point number 2 put away any doubtful habit point 3 obey the holy spirit promptly point 4 confess christ openly God did something in that room as he preached those four points. And revival and awakening came. And in a matter of months, listen, in a matter of months, 100,000 people were saved. 100,000 people were converted. But notice, before the revival Before the awakening, a small group of Christians, listen, dealt with their sin. They began to confess their sin and put away doubtful habits and promptly obey the Spirit. And the Spirit of God fell on that group of people and the gospel went forth and a nation was transformed. You know, we pray for revival and we pray for awakening. But here's what, I, here's what I believe. I believe before there's a great revival in our nation, there will be a revival of holiness among God's people. So, so listen, maybe we're the issue. It's so easy to look at the, what's going on in our nation and say, well, that's wrong and that's wrong and that's wrong and that's wrong. and Maybe... We need to deal with what's going on in our own hearts and let God have His way and surrender all anew and afresh and see what God can do through clean, useful vessels. I believe before there's going to be a great revival in our land, there'll be a revival of holiness among God's people. And you might say, "Well, give me some, tell me some things I need to stop doing, some things I need you know, listen. The Holy Spirit's already doing that. Right now in your life, right now in your life, he's putting his holy finger on issues in your life that need to be dealt with. So deal with them. And deal with them today. May this year be a year of rightly ordered priorities. May this year be a year of holiness, number three. May this year be a year of consistency. Look what it says back in uh, chapter 12. Let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. Look at this. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. The Bible compares the Christian life to to an endurance race. Not a 100 meter dash, but a marathon. That's what the Christian life is like. Maybe not flashy, and every day, you know, something, uh, something magnificent happening, but just day in, day out, faithfulness to the Lord. So that you are moving forward in your Christian life, running your race with endurance. And notice what it says there: Let us run. That, that's present tense, a present tense objective, which means this is to be a continual ongoing reality in our lives. In other words, the Bible calls us, watch this, to move forward, to maybe small steps. But we're called to move forward and run our race day in, day out. It's not a sprint, it's a marathon. Day in, day out, I'm I'm following Jesus. Day in, day out, he's changing me. Day in, day out, I'm, I'm living for his glory. Day in, day out, I'm running my race. It's an endurance race. And we're called to move forward. But how many of you feel like you take a step forward and three steps back? Or two steps forward and four steps back. Your Christian journey is kind of like this. I've got a confession. I don't like roller coasters. My daughter does. She's 12. So I feel like I've got to ride with her because, you know, she's 12. And we go to different places and I ride those roller coasters and I just get beat up and and uh I'm miserable and I'm and I'm and I'm scared, but I'm I'm playing like I'm tough. And and uh you know I, I don't like I don't like that feeling of just going up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. But that's how many of us live our Christian lives, right? Up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. Maybe 2023 is the year for you and I, listen, to get off of that roller coaster and say, I'm going to live a a consistent Christian life. Every day I'm going to follow Him. Every day I'm going to serve Him. Every day I'm going to let Him work in me. It it may not be a big step, but every day it's a step forward in my Christian life. Journey. I believe that consistency is a, is a great goal for our Christian lives, which leads number four, we'll be through. Goal number one, rightly ordered priorities. Goal number two, holiness. Goal number three, consistency. Goal number four, gazing. Gazing. Now, look what it says back in Hebrews 12. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Now look in verse 2. Looking to Jesus, the the founder and the perfecter of our faith. That word looking is an interesting word. Some translations say fixing our eyes on Jesus. It's the Greek word aphorontes. And again, it's present tense. This will be a continual reality. But the word means, listen, to direct one's attention without distraction. So, so the writer of Hebrews is saying, As you run your race, direct your attention to Jesus. And don't be distracted from, from gazing at Him. Fix your gaze on Christ. Make sure He is your ultimate daily focus. Fix your eyes on Him. He gives us three motivations to fix our eyes upon Jesus. If if you're here and you say, "Well, you know, I I don't really feel, uh, I don't really feel, you know, that that um, I don't really feel that compulsion that." That motivation to fix my eyes upon Jesus. He gives us three things here very quickly. Number one, Jesus is our salvation. He says there that Jesus is the founder, perfecter of our faith. He initiated our faith. He will bring our faith to completion. Jesus is our salvation. He is our savior. He gives us eternal and abundant life. Number two, Jesus suffered for our salvation. Can I remind you of how much he loves you? Look what it says back in verse 2. It says he's the founder, perfecter of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured, what? The cross. Jesus went to the cross for you. He shed his blood for you. That's how much he loves you because on the cross he took your sin and shame upon himself. On the cross he took my sin and shame upon himself. And on the cross he took the penalty, the punishment that we deserve. He took the wrath of God for us. So if you need some motivation to fix your eyes upon Jesus, He died for your sins. He died in your place. Why would you place your eyes anywhere else? Third reason, third motivation, Jesus secures our salvation. Look what it says there in verse 2. It says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. He went through Calvary for us and is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus died for our sins. He was buried. He rose from the grave. He defeated death. He ascended to the Father. He's at the right hand of God, serving as our faithful high priest and reigning over the universe. We're secure in Him. And so Jesus secures our salvation. Why would you place your eyes anywhere else than on Jesus Christ? So may this year be a year of gazing, fixing your focus on Jesus. Now let me just give you some helpful things here. Spiritual disciplines. Reading your Bible. You haven't got a a Bible reading plan yet. Get a Bible reading plan. Come to me if you need some suggestions. I've got one that I use every year. I use the the Discipleship Journal Bible Reading Plan. I love it. You use a Bible reading plan. Get a, a, a prayer journal or a prayer app so you can really focus on prayer this year. And when you are in the presence of God, reading your Bible and praying, you know what you're doing? You're fixing your eyes on Jesus. Coming to church? If I were guessing, I would guess that most of you don't get a lot of encouragement during the week to fix your eyes on Jesus, right? You don't get it from the media. You probably don't get much encouragement from the workplace, maybe some of you. You may not get much encouragement at school. But when we come together, we are cheering each other on and saying, Hey, get your eyes back on Jesus. May have been a hard week, may have been a struggle this past week, but hey, get your eyes on Jesus. That's why we come together, right? So we go to Bible study. We'll start back next Sunday, 9 o'clock. We get together to remind each other we need to gaze upon Christ. You heard the D group testimonies at the beginning of the service D groups, groups of three to five people that gather together. And read the Bible together and pray together and confess sin and hold each other accountable so that we can see accelerated sanctification, growth in Christ. Here's what a D group is it's a group of Christians that come along beside you to help you keep your gaze upon Christ. That's what it is. So check out the link on our website, the D group tab. There's more information. We'll get a, a new a new wave of D Groups is coming in the first quarter of this year. Get plugged in. Take the time. Because I promise you, those three to five folks will be a great encouragement for you to keep your gaze upon Christ. And so, we come together as a family of faith to help each other. To keep our eyes upon Jesus. Like how Robert Murray McShane said it, great young Scottish pastor in the 1800s. McShane said, now listen to this, it's a great quote. He said, for every look you take of yourself, take ten looks at Christ. In other words, make sure your life is not self-focused. Make sure your life is Savior-focused. Keep your eyes upon Jesus. Do whatever it takes. Listen, do whatever it takes... To fix your gaze on Him. And so, you know, you may have made some resolutions in 2023. And if so, that's wonderful. And, and uh, I pray God's blessings on those resolutions. But, but would you consider these four goals? They come straight from the Word of God. And would you ask God to help you in, in this new year to live with rightly ordered priorities... To see growth in holiness. To become more consistent in your Christian life. Get off the roller coaster. Would you ask God for the strength and the grace to fix your eyes upon Jesus. Every day, every day, keep your gaze on Him. That will change your life.